You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizcho Doraisa. I'm here with Rav Yosef Kavriel Bechofel. Um, and it's interesting, Rav Yosef, that usually we get lambasted and criticized for really, you know, not letting people off the hook and, um, you know, uh, finding faults in, in other Rabbonim and uh, various Jewish figures as if we are just looking for, you know, their weaknesses and we should be more positive. But this week we got criticized for not being negative enough. <laughs> so I think that's interesting, you know, we should be happy about that. And so I guess the first thing we should do is pile on a little negativity on David Weiss Halivni. Um, I was very proud of my little black and white uh, title for last week, uh, the Bavach uh, Rebbe versus uh, David Weiss, white. But it seems like uh, that it was not, it wasn't just a Talmudist who couldn't find his place and couldn't be quiet. It seems that he has he writ he wrote a number of books, um, and uh, that that really qualify as I can't say anything else except they qualify as kfira mamish. Um, and this is from according to one of our listeners who sent us in that in his book um, Pshat and Drash, and another book called Revelation Restored, uh, he develops his idea called Chot to Yisrael. Um, which we understand to mean that Yisrael, Avabishachot Yisrael, and the way Rashi explains it, of course, uh, in, in very famous Chuvas in the Middle Ages, that Klau Yisrael, despite their Averis, really remain Dovuk and can do Chuv and can come back and can actually not be restored. Uh, he seems to say, based on what we've been reading, that Klau Yisrael's chatoyim have actually caused that whatever Messiah that was originally there as part of uh, the, the the Jews sojourn in the Midbar and hearing Torah from Moshe, that the um, that that the Torah of Moshe became blemished and maculated, and basically, even it sounds like even psukim from the Torah might have not been the actual Messiah um, from Moshe to 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 Aaron and to the Talmudim. I mean, this is pretty this is pretty bad stuff. Um, so, I, I stand corrected, um, and I'm sure you were just as uh, I'm sure you were just as shocked as well. Correct. I was indeed when I saw that uh, our correspondent wrote that um, he um, he holds that the original Torah Moshe ben was Nishtakach, and this is all reconstruction made by Ezra Soifer. So obviously, uh, we would not have treated with this person with any much anything near the kid gloves with which we treated him next week. Uh, I, I think it's the Shitaso, probably that he's boy to these things, Miliboy. You know, he comes up with uh, it's just like Rivadimas, Boda Milibo, so too. Evidently, this is another bottomy libo without any firm evidence, just uh, deconstructionism and creativity. Well, well, let me put in perspective for a second. I mean, the idea of seeing oh, is... Well, again, in, in the revodim of apicorses, let me say where this lies. We know that, uh, you know, since Geiger, uh, he has seen Ezra and the, basically the Bayesheni as the glory period where, you know, real Judaism took off. 
Um, and where Geiger and others, who later became the leaders in the conservative movement, talked about the idea that the Tzdukim, based on the the Koyen Godot Tzodik, not not the Talmud of Antigonus, but actually the the old style of learning, didn't have Tereshavalpeh, and Tereshavalpeh was really invented and created by Ezra and his Besmedrish in order to align Torah with new life. In other words, in order to make Torah more palatable, in order to take, and even Geiger never went so far to say um, that the the basic, uh, there was corruption within the Psukim. Uh, that that was left for Wellhausen and others to talk about how uh, the, the the terror is really this jumble of various uh, selections and things like that. Uh, even Geiger and the original conservative movement never went that far uh, to the the levels of biblical criticism. Uh, you know, they were saying, "Yeah, this is the Torah," but the Parshonis, what made the Torah alive and living was the inventive creativity of human beings who were committed to the core principles that are found in the Mosaic law. And therefore, they, the new conservative Jews of the, uh, of the, of the 18th and 19th century, were the true Purushim, because they were the ones who could also align and, you know, and Enochinami create a little bit of a smokescreen for the Hamoinam to make them think that they were dealing with something that was a direct connection to Sinai, but it was really for Lutayelis. So that's the standard conservative take, and I mentioned it last week as Kfira. I, I would say, again, I haven't read uh, the book, but based on this little entry in Wikipedia that someone sent us, it would seem that uh, Halivani went even further uh, than that. Because he was even ready to say that that even the Pesukah Torah don't really have, they're not mamish the das Hashem, they're not the rots and the rabbinishayim, and that they were they were attempts to reconstruct what they thought might have been the original idea of of, of the rabbi, what the rabbinishayim wants. How could he even conceive of the fact? How could how live they even believe that the rabbinishayim should lead us should leave us in such tatters? Right? How could how could it be if he believed in Maimed Arsina, if he believed that there was a revelation from the Rabbi Nishayim, How could he think that human beings not the Cheta Egel notwithstanding that we that we totally ripped apart and destroyed? That's what he says. So we've really destroyed our end of the relationship. I mean, again, this to me, if you said that this is a, this aligns with a person with an overactive, uh, febrile imagination. Maybe, and again, here am I shooting from the hip. Maybe someone who was so, you know, disjointed and 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 so shocked by the destruction of the Holocaust, maybe was able to start saying that the Rabbi Shalom is menutak from the Bria, right? And therefore, the, even though there might have he believes there was a a a a revelation at Sinai, that we have we have destroyed that. We don't really have everything that's accurate. And um, because otherwise, I have to point out there's a Greenbergian approach. Like, uh, you know, you're talking about Irvin, you're talking about, yeah. you're talking about Irving, you're talking about Irvin Blue, <laughs> yeah, because he's the one who says that God, uh, um, with the Holocaust, um, um, uh, what's the word, he uh, he um, uh, broke the covenant and therefore we're no longer going to be a from Jew. Right, right, so that's sort of what I'm saying is that, because any, how could anyone, cons- again, otherwise the Rabbanu Shalom, I mean, it's like, it's the biggest Lashon Har on the Rabbanu Shalom. You go through, you bring Klaus Rada Mitzrayim, which I assume Alivni believes happened. But again, if the Psukim are corrupted, maybe the Psukim before Yitzhak Mitzrayim, not like the Kuzari who says those 
Psukim were always somehow instored and, and kept by the Kaihanim till Maimon Arsinai, the story up until Matantaira. Um, but if, if he believes all the Psukim are in question, and again, I don't know, then if he, I, hope he believe, I hope he believed in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And if he did, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Maimon Arsinai, how could he have a God who sort of allowed history to unfold in a way that they should forget and not be able to Makayim is outside? It's, 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 it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. And um, like I said, highly disturbing, of course. And 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 we, I guess, we should be. This is really, I guess, proof to us that uh, the two of us should do our re- homework a little bit better yeah. <laughs> before we before we take on anybody. Um, our correspondence, evidently, before we. Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look, this comes from. Yeah, yeah. We, we cannot blame our researchers. Maybe we should put out a call if anybody wants to uh, volunteer to be on the research team for the Riska Daraisa. We'll definitely take all the help we can get because this is clearly something that needs to be condemned and you know and again let me i did a little editing last week about the talmud of of halivni because i had a little bit of a rachmanis on uh, someone who's a friend of mine but uh, as we know there are people who are who have been featured in important uh, magazines in the jewish world and are really you know great great ballet stalker again i we are going to, we hope if, if people can circulate this, we'd like to hear someone come and, and perhaps give a defense of, of David Weiss Alivni in a way that doesn't leave him in tatters the way unfortunately that we received from a, um, of someone who was a principal in one of the modern schools uh, that I referred to. And that person said that they do not feel that, uh, that that is the mindset and the prevailing attitude of the Talmudic departments there, uh, the way I felt them. They thought I was overselling the case. Um, and uh, it's possible. Oh, you, I, didn't tell me, you didn't tell me about this. How come you have to share the email? What was it about? That? No, it, it was, yes, yes. The person called me and told me that, that uh, even though I, I did not do such a great job hiding the identity of the school, I took out when some of what your references were so but he knew right away and he said that uh, he believed that that is not the pervasive attitude and uh again attributed to Livni would probably you know is is a long shot but i you know i I still believe that the popularization that of this revodim shita is something um and uh, so there was a little bit of uh, someone took uh as i said took not if offense, but felt that perhaps I was overstating it. Uh, but I, I need to show the... The Rodim is not a standard approach. I need to show the, though. I do believe, I think both of us agree that part of what what made us love, I guess, our high school learning, and although we didn't like our Rebbeim, was, you know, sort of the the labyrinth and weirdness and trying to actually figure out the Gemara and figure out the Drushas and figure out the things and not just stand back and say, oh, what we have over here is a patchwork of material. Uh, and I think it's important. You, you, children need to be children and, 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 and teenagers need to be teenagers and need to at least study something before they become armchair critics. And I, I stand by that 100%. Um, and that's part of the reason, you know, why even you experienced when you were giving Dafyomi for years, and I also, the, the excitement of something new. If you already got your critic, 
critical eyes on, waiting to see, well, where, where was the patchwork done? Let me take a look and see if I can see the strings on the marionette. Then you are not, you never really become in love of learning. That, that love never develops. And it's only when you love learning do you actually care about giving it a deeper examination. And therefore, again, whether Halivni was, and I do believe that even the Halivni of last week was guilty of taking out the kishkas and love of what a sugi is, at least on the, on the first, first go around. All right, so now that we've corrected that, um, you know, people will be listening to this after Parshas Chukas and Eretz Yisrael, our listeners are two weeks already away. They're already, uh, you know, they are um, this Parsha uh, listening to Parshas Bolok. They're already having Parshas Bolok and Parshas Binchas. But I, I know that when we were discussing what to talk about today, you felt that since Chukas has that primal term Chok in it, you wanted to uh, hold forth a little bit on the designations that we are used to uh, from from Rishonim and maybe even from the Medrashim themselves, obviously and perhaps other iterations. Uh, in the 18th century, late in the 19th century, um, symptom. I think that everybody understood that all mitzvahs in the Torah are even the chukim are supposed to be mishpatim in the sense that there are reasons which should be given, uh, understood, but um, um, not all of them are as easy to understand as other ones. I think along came the the, uh, the briskers and the other uh, related to the lit box and decided, and I saw something like this even in Rabbi Yucham and the Das Chokhol Musar, that no, all mishpatim are really chukim. Everything is that uh, there is no such thing as a mishpat. Everything is a chayk, and uh, everything ultimately, therefore, is just expression of what's in Hashem, and there's no myla, and perhaps even a, there's a chisar to try and find reasons for um, the reason why we're reasons why we're commanded to do things, even to find reason in mishpatim. I believe that that's um, right. Uh, well, I think I think we've talked about this. I know I have um, that there are clues because there's some, when we talk about the the mishpatim, there's certain illogical aspects of civil law. For example, uh, many have thrown up their arms in despair trying to figure out why Bailav Imoy should be a tour for a shoyal because it doesn't seem to be logical. Well, uh, why should it make, does it make, would it make people happy to say it's a hike? So it makes, it makes it even worse. No, so so th- in other words, there are there are there are clues that don't just think this is just the most um, efficient way that God felt that human beings uh, can get along. Uh, even within, what was he doing? He's playing games with us. I didn't say what he was doing. I just, that's the implication. Yeah, right. The, or there is something beyond our ken that doesn't allow us to understand fully what God wants. In other words, the same way... You're being wishy-washy here. It means there's a reason, but we just don't know the reason. The reason is... Right, the re... Right. Not just what's in Hashem, there's a logic to it. Right, but but here's... I'm not wishy-washy. If you're brisker, it's capricious. You can't say Ratzon Hashem? No, but Ratzon Hashem, why? Right. So here, here's the point. You have to uh, literally stop your brain at some point and say, okay, yeah, that's what Chaim's supposed to have said about the between him and Rabbi Shimon, right? And therefore, 
versus Kvira, whatever the, however the statement was ended. But uh, th this is, uh, you, uh, in other words, a brisker saying, Arkan, no more. But Arkan, the gvul of human beings to be able to comprehend. And Arkan, the gvul of human beings to be able to, uh, being allowed to think. I'm not sure if I would say it that way. I think, as we How know. How would you say it? Well, look. Obviously, you know, you, you truncated, you know, a, a large history of, of Parshanas and scholarly uh, work on this. W let's start from, you know, obviously Chazal itself, in many ways, like the Rambam says, sometimes seem to be, but if we, if we, if we start with the Rishonim, who to us are easy to put our shoulders on and, and lean on them, we know that the Rishonim worked, uh, very strongly on being mafarish uh, tamim for mitzvahs and and felt as the Ramban and others right and even the Ram of course the Rambam one of the great champions that it's only by working on these tamim that we actually become better human beings because we recognize the chesed of what the Rebbe Shalom is doing for us we realize how we're becoming better people uh, we we're 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 in tune now uh, that is. Uh, that is definitely the case, but the Rishonim at the same time uh, allocated a certain amount of mitzvahs to something that we probably will not be able to figure out. The Midrashim about Parah Aduma, about Shleimah Melech, not being able to figure the idea out uh, is indicative that there are certain sections where of the Torah where obedience is the prime desire uh, and even though there might be, as the Rambam alludes, some persons who can develop such enlightened, uh, heightened sense of understanding that they could perhaps grasp what is behind even those mitzvahs, for most people, that isn't going to happen. Um, and therefore, uh, it would be right from the... Uh, are you, I, no, I, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's not the same thing as the vote. I would say... It doesn't seem to be Rambam and Rambam's approach. Perhaps the Rav Sadegon's approach. Look, the Sefer Achinuch is. Uh, I, I'm going to. I'm going to. As we said before, when we talk about anonymous authors, I'm going to shunt him a little bit on the side. He's a very important author in terms of his popularity, uh, but he pretty much, you know, gets out of the way of the big boys here. He feels I'm going to try my best to come up with rationale, even though I know, as he says often, it's not the real best interpretation. It's there are deeper interpretations that he understands the Makubolim living a life of asceticism and a life of Kedusha that will lead them to understand these Tamim. But he's doing his best in order to give over uh, a, 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 a guide for people to continue fulfilling mitzvahs in, with some sort of Havana. Now, Boy, that sounds like a very big dismissal of the I think they're very disturbing dismissal of the Sefer Achinuch. He, well, what is it? Is it just apologetics, or it's not apologetics? What do you say exactly? He's he's writing for lightweights. He's writing for people who are on you the way. A, he, yeah. He's he. And he, if you read his Hakdama, Rabbi Yosef, I know you don't read Hakdamas that much of Svarim, but if you read the Hakdama of the Sefer Achinuch, you'll see what I'm saying is exactly correct. Now he was proud of what he did because he felt there was a big audience that needed it. But as he as he often says, he says, he did he says, believe what he wrote? Did he not believe in what he wrote? He believed that it was a a stepladder to something greater, and he also believed sometimes he thought what was great. What's greater? 
something like Ramban's cryptic uh, descriptions of what mitzvahs are supposed to do. He knew there was a world that the Kabbalists could open up to people who do mitzvahs and would recognize that what these... I'm sure your Bikiyas and Sevechenegas, of course, much greater than mine. By the Dalad Minim, look, look by the mitzvahs by Dalad Minim, you'll see, by Lulav, when he says, I know that what I'm saying here is a very, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, elementary interpretation, and the people who know the sodas will, will understand it better, but this is something that's necessary till we get there. Point being that the Sevechenoch came from a world of the Rishonim, who understood that mitzvahs need some sort of explanation. But again, what we're really talking about is something else. That part of the mitzvahs that are called chukim, and were they meant to be just uh, you know, objects of obedience? Raubag, who is very different than the Sefer HaChinah, who is a lot more of a maverick and is willing to say, not what I write is till you get to the Rishonim. I'm really an advancement on the Rishonim. The Rabag actually felt that he even could advance his philosophical Rebbe, the Rambam, and come up with rationales for mitzvos that the Rambam really wasn't able to do. For example, and I, 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 I refer our listeners to the Raubag and Parshas Chukas. I don't want to go into what he says because it's very uh, somewhat convoluted. It has to do with the Seichel Apoyo. It has to do with his whole interpretation of how God works within the world and human beings and how the Paraduma is very wonderful marshal for that. Uh, the point is, is that uh, he was undaunted and he was the opposite really of the Briskers, the Raubag, because he felt human beings only reach their potential when they actually, just like uh, Shatner says in the beginning of Star Trek, right? To go, right, where no man has ever gone before. That's really what, that's really what you're supposed to do. And you're not supposed to care, even when a chazal say, oh, these are chukim, but you're correct that, that, that if, you, if you listen to the briskers, and you listen especially to their derech halimud, and you look and, and, and you, you marvel at the complexity of their understanding of the mechanism of things that we know as chok, whether it's korbonois, whether it's makshavas and korbonois, you realize that they are fascinated by vos and not far vos. And because of their fascination and because of the amount of time they spend in it, there really isn't much time and, and much, in their mind, reason to go to Farvos, <laughs> because, you know, because to them, it's, it's, it, it's, it's incredible to compare, you know, it's to compare, you know, Pigo and, and, and the two forms, you know, when you, when you have Pigo and Puzzle and to, and to compare the difference between the, the, the Osham Nazir and the Osham Mitzayra, uh, they definitely in their way went into, I wouldn't call it Gribble or I, they went into an ultra analysis of what was being presented in a way that sort of left them with not so much psychic energy and need for uh, why are we doing this? And I think there's another reason why, and you can't deny- but They made a sheet out of it. Not just they didn't have psychic energy. They made a sheet out of it. Yeah, but but I, I'll tell you why they made a sheet out of it. First of all, uh, they felt that, you know, it's like I heard for, and I, I heard this, Rav Nochem Partsovich was no brisker, but he was influenced by, even in Mir and Shanghai, by the brisk mentality, by the Mir mentality, what was going on there. And I remember 
when I heard Shirim from Minyavamas, which were ending, of course, uh, most people have already made a seam on it. But I remember there was talk that Rav Nochum was going to skip over the Esedech Eloisa Segemores in the first parak, and to, but he ended up doing them, which was a treat, I thought, for me, because, oh, let me hear him. But I was so shocked when he was describing the sugis. First of all, he went very fast. But besides going fast, he says, yeah, the Ramban read to the Ramban read to you know. In other words, the famous Ramban in uh, by the Seres Hadibris about Esedechalei talking about the Bechinas Ava versus the Bechinas Yira, and Rav Nochum basically eviscerated any sort of Machshava element from it altogether. Um, and, 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 and again, part of what that does is it stops any sort of clerari that could lead not to halivnis, but could lead to people coming up with, what, with, with their own hierarchy of what's important. In other words, what, what I see it as, it's almost like a preventive from the haskola. Instead of, in other words, maskilim, we're able to, uh, you know, to enjoy chorev. Because let's talk about the best, um, uh, you know, representative of the medieval system done in a modern way. And that's Hirsch at a young age writing chorev. Actually, it's actually in the Igeris, uh, the Igeris Tzofon already in the 19 letters. He already divides the Torah into Eidus and the Mishpatim and the Chukim. And he, 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 he puts every, he organizes what goes where and what goes in which place. And, um, uh, and Hirsch was, re- was readable. In fact, you know, one of Hirsch's greatest admirers uh, of, of the Igeris Tzofon was, was Gratz. Was Tzvi Gratz loved it, and he gave it a, a wonderful upright write-up. So you know, Hirsch knew that he was writing to an oilum that needed to hear uh, mitzvahs explained, and, and especially with some rationale. Uh, but we know that you, when you start punching holes in that, then what happens is you end up saying, "Well, this I don't have to do this. I'm an I, I'm an Edus guy. I'm not a Chukim guy. I'm a Mishpatim guy. Whatever Hirsch's organization is." And I think when you when you're mitzamtzem, like you said before, you were able to protect yourself from any sort of outside influence, right? And therefore, you say, "I'm I'm just ainly ella All I got to do is do the Ratzon Hashem and understand it, and that's it. In other words, not even understand it, just understand the, the mechanisms of how I'm doing it. To make sure I do it bizman, to make sure that it's got to be in Azaoifen, to make sure that I have the shear, to make sure that it's the right tseva, whatever it is, to make sure that the ritzuos are exactly, the ibud l'shmo was done correctly. But because but, otherwise, if a person, uh, you know, uh, aligns himself with a Hersheyan perspective, there is the potential of rejection and choosing one over the other. Yeah, but that's, so in other words, in order not to live dangerously, we sacrifice MS. Yeah, that is true. Uh, or we replace it with another sort of MS. Look, we talk about an ostrich. An ostrich enjoys- no, You're right, I, I take it back. We limit some statements. Right. Well, the bandwidth of MS is narrowed. That's right, it's, it's like- Look, 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 you know, I, I feel similar, you know, when, 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 when people say over 
they, they attribute it to uh, the rookie. I, I guess it's the, the Nitziv and others that, you know, I don't want to know, uh, you know, what, how Rukiveger lived. I just want to know what Rukiveger wrote. Um, we, we do have elements that, that really, you know, discount many things that you and I consider important. Uh, uh, right, historical antecedents and other things. Uh, the difference between right. We talked the other day about the the incredible ness of 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 Chassidim and Yekis working together. There are many people that would say, "What do you have to listen to that for?" Okay, you're living now a hundred years later. Does it really make a difference? You know what? How the Aguda was formed? Just go to the yeshiva, go to the base Medrash. You need to know like, who these personalities were. You need to know about who was. Right? So there, there's many people I think, Rabbi Yosef, not just briskers who let's give them their credit that they that they know how to learn and they and they spend a lot of time in Haravanya. There are many people who feel that there's areas that that we sh- that it's probably better not to know. And this is really why I think there was such a out, outcry against uh, the making of a gadol, right? The making of the gadol was considered like what, right? You know, uh, you, know, um, you know, the making of the gadol was, uh, you know, exposing an area that 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 had been hallowed and been pretty much, you know, turned into hagiographic nonsense about you know who everybody was. So you know, it was like let's just give them enough to, you know, let's give them just everything light, enough to stuff them with some, you know, to some a, a, a phony sense of knowledge of history, so they could just keep on going. So I, I think that, you know, this happens throughout uh, the Shidra Sauma, being mitzamtzem, what you want your emes to be. Uh, you know, and especially... Oh, okay, so, you're, so let, let me just get this straight, because I really hope that some brisker calls and tries to uh, assassinate you through the uh, phone <laughs> wire or something. But uh, I don't have to succeed. Yeah, well. But, right. but uh, the, uh, so you're saying that the Mishmat and Milichukim is a position taken out of fear. Uh, right. To, and, 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 and again, part of it is, 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 comes out of a sense of Yira that not, Moira, just, not Yira, not Moira. Yira right, right. Moira of the fact that who are we? We are, right, but we are going to use our brain to an extreme extent. But you know, we we are technicians, and we are ultra technicians in a little area. And this is we do our job, and we are besimcha about the fact that we know how this wire runs through this pole and exactly how the circuit works in order to understand that it's different than the pole right next to it. However, the big complex machinery and what the, what ultimately will happen is something that uh, we definitely shouldn't invest ourselves in. Uh, what's interesting is, is that there, I heard um, when I was growing up that Rav Chaim himself was well-versed in Kabbalah. And this was like a, a, a like something he kept yeah. under wraps. So yes. he did. He was very successful. <laughs> he had the wraps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. That there was there was a secret part of him that actually did read Kisveyari and was aware of it, but did not want that to anywhere to 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 rise at all in in in, in the public knowledge of what he was doing. They don't uh, say hey, Biscuit back to Biscuit Rock, right? Just tell me, don't say about the Biscuit Rock. I don't know. I don't know that to be true. But we do not find. I mean, the base of Levi, you do find, you know, 
Beisalevi, the Beisalevi quotes Zohar quite, quite a bit, but not Zohar in a way that he's going to have a, a page or two describing the Ziva Gasfiros. He uses the Zohar very much like uh, another Medrash. But he was obviously aware of, of Lashonis and Zayar, and he 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 wanted to look the base. Look, let's let's, let's be honest. The base Halevi. What? Look, yeah, look. The base Halevi is not a a, a safer like Nefesh Achayim. It's a it's a Jewish safer. It's a safer of nice droshes. Again, whether they were developed to be, and some of them is clear, he, he says they were meant, you know, things that he said as a rov, and things that he felt were, were like, and we know what Jewish is about. There are, are wonderful, brilliant ideas there, but it isn't meant to be a, a, a roadmap to, to becoming a Ben Aliyah. It's not a roadmap that if you learn Beis HaLevi, this is your, your, this is your mafteach to now go to the learn Klach, Pisrei Chochma, and now do Kisvei Ari. Right? It wasn't meant to do that. Whereas Rav Chaim Velozhna really felt that Nefesh Chaim could lay the groundwork for someone uh, uh, living a more mystical life, as as people like Leo Weintraub and others have shown. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's interesting though. We talk about Hirsch. Supposedly, Hirsch, the, the Gilyonis of Chorev, he went over them and took out every mention of Zohar that he could find because he did not want the book to be, and he writes about it in a letter, because he says it's been, the, the, the Kabbalah has been so, um, it's been so uh, redlined by the Maskilim, and so misunderstood, as he writes in the Gerasat Sofain, that people just believe it's, it, that they go into some trance state, and, they, and a fantasy about Zivugim and Demionos, and therefore Hirsch didn't trust his audience, and didn't, therefore, he didn't, even though the Zoyrek has some beautiful statements, he didn't want them as part of Choriv in the eventual, uh, in the end. So, again, I, I guess we could, in a certain sense, we look at both of, you know, the, you know the, the, whether it's the Brisker approach or the Ekish approach, as an approach that really ignores a, a tremendous Chaluk and Torah, right? The Chaluk and Torah that the Chassidim know is the, is the vibrant heart of the Havana of what uh, what their Banish wants us to do, which is taka to, to to go into that world of Said and be able to be to be Dovik the Rabbanishalam in the greatest possible way. So I don't have an answer for it. Uh you know look Hirsch is nobody's Hirsch is still going off the shelves. People are still quoting him. He obviously knew what he was doing. Um but I, I would say that uh, you know we could we uh, we could sort of blame you know all these systems for not doing enough uh, for conflating for being scared uh, whether it's you know people going off the derech based on from shabsoyas or whatever it is uh, obviously I think me and you both agree that that the that you need a, a complete holistic approach which understands as much as you can in every mitzvah. Right, and to use, and, and you have to give Hirsch credit because Hirsch felt all those details that the Briskers were so obsessed with were actually the key to the philosophical vart that he was going to say. Right, you know, unlike the Rambam, who was sort of like shot from the hip, you know, and and, and ignored all the Pratea mitzvahs. Uh, at least Hirsch, and if you read his parish, it's a pretty good uh, digest 
of what the laws of Teresh Shabbat Peh are. It's a lot more informative than reading the Torah Tamima, right? <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, I think I would think we should dermon though that um, they say about uh, uh, that Rav Cook said about Hirsch that it was his the longest I remember from Tzviel quoting him is Stialavar, so which means or uh, this a deviation because I believe that Rav Cook have felt that. Rashad's approach of mitzvahs being edu- educational tools was, like you said, a, a, um, a deviation from the true side of what mitzvahs are about. And he also wrote, Rav Kook, that um, Hirsch's lack of loving Chachmas the fact he didn't want to really know it and understand it, led him to really be a misnaged to Tzvi Hersh Kalisher and others who were pushing for the Yishev Eretz Yisrael. And he felt that in the Hershian writings, although I don't know if, if Rav Kook wrote, wrote, read German or not, I don't believe he did, but he felt that the, what was missing there was real Avas Eretz Yisrael. There was a sort of like a stoic like description of an Eretz Yisrael in a sort of like a, 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 a in sort of like an ancient form that really didn't play uh, an active role in in people's lives today. And well, that's I think I think that Isaac Boyer corrected that. Okay, but 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 Hirsch himself. Uh, this is what, and he, and, and, and he attributes it. So he says, had Hirsch really been Shakua in Chochmas Hasoid, he would have realized how crucial Eretz Yisrael is. Now, I don't know exactly what Rav Kook meant, you know, because because remember, when we talk about learning Reya Mehemna to explain the, the mitzvahs of the Torah or whatever part of the Zoyer or, or, or Kisvei Ari to help us through, I'm not sure exactly why that leads someone to be a proto-Zionist or at least to push for Eretz Yisrael, but he believed that it's in Chochmas Asoid, one finds the, the, the connection between the, the, us and the mitzvahs and Eretz Yisrael and the Rabbi Shalom in such a tight knot that's impossible to disconnect. But again, fit together. How does it happen? Like, what is it, what's going on? Um, and I think that's part of the allure, especially. For some reason, Paraduma. I think because it's not as complex as Hilchas Saras, uh, again, is sort of gets everybody's uh, uh, imagination going. Whether it's Rashi quoting, um, uh, was it Ramesha Darshan about the 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 obviously connected to the ego uh, and the Cheta ego, or as the Rabag that I mentioned, uh, I, I think there's something about. The puulas and the things which which somehow still fascinate human imagination, uh, and the fact that it's in the Torah, despite the fact that it's called chukah, uh, doesn't necessarily you know it's like tell someone not to think about an elephant and they'll think about an elephant. Call something a chok and say, and here's the chok, and I'm going to give you 35 psukim, or whatever it is, the first couple of psukim in the parasha, you know, until we get to the first psucha, you are going to wonder about this. You are going to think about it. You're going to try to somehow come up with some rationale. And I think that's really, the Rabbani Shalom knows what the, the inherent curiosity of human beings. Um, we can't help ourselves. Uh, as much as the briskers would like us to be to to, to, to to emphasize, we are curious and we want to know and we want to try to come up with something and we want to suggest. Um, and I think that that's in, in a way 
I think the Rabbani Shalom is, 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 loves that. He loves our failed attempts at saying, well, maybe Ulai Efshir, this is what this one is about. Yeah, the easy ones, yeah, those are obvious. But it's these chukim that I think bring out the playfulness of human imagination and show that we really care about it and, 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 and we can get out of the escape room, the paraduma. And I have to tell you that there's many, many parois and many shvarim that have been have given up their, their chayim with a shechita that I can tell you is done by shoichtim throughout uh, the South America, especially in Uruguay and other places, shoichtim, muvakim, and from Eretz Yisrael. And that, those parois, those parois and shvarim have contributed the top quality type of meat that gets shipped across the continent to Hillside, New Jersey, where they are processed in the most wonderful little plant that you can think of under the hashgacha of myself and others and representing them. And that, of course, is Abels and Hyman, who take the parois and shvarim that are Tomim, in a sense, and are able to give them over to you. And as we know, Tom you're going to find the Tom, maybe you won't find the Tom of Paraduma, but you will definitely find the Tomim of our Parais and our Shvarim with the spices and everything that we add to them without the type of nitrates that, that are Chasvashalim that lead to terrible illnesses in a way that could be uh, to give the Nachas Ruach to be able to have that type of energy and gishmak that you need to be oivet Hashem betmimus. <laughs> so, <laughs> take care, my friends. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 